Good morning. God bless you. And thank you so much again for joining with us today. People, I know you're watching over the internet. Thank you for getting up. And some of you, of course, you're watching it just before you go to bed. Uh, and some in your afternoon, we're being watched all around the world. And, and we are doing and continuing our 30 steps. We're doing 30 steps to success in life. And I just, I am overwhelmed that people keep coming. You know, uh, my, my thought was when we first started this is that most likely, you know, between five, seven, ten, my, my real hope was 10 people might show up the first morning, uh, because we pumped it up. And of course, you know, my congregation feels sorry for me and doesn't want me to go through any real, uh, you know, mental gymnastics wondering if anybody loves me or anything. And then I thought, man, by the end of 30 days, will anybody be there? Uh, but you know, it's just amazing. Uh, I believe it's a time. I believe it's the season. I believe that God is about to sweep in. Again, on my knees this morning, I prayed and I said, Oh God, Lord, do what you showed me. Sweep in the men and the women, the, the boys and the girls. Sweep them into your house, Lord. Gather together your family. We're in a season of change, a season of decision, a season of opportunity. And it's a time when God is readying his church to go to the next level. And, and what we are doing here on the morning times, a, a, a simple stab at discipling ourselves and, and making ourselves available to, to allow God to increase our potential and to increase our offering to him. That's just a sign of what God's doing, not only here, but around the world. And thank you so much for, for uh, logging on this morning. And also for those that are out in the parking lot, listening by car, we love you. Thank you. Uh, just appreciate so much you being here. And if you happen to need one of these Bible confessions, we're going to make it a little bit later, an overcomer's confession, make it a part of your life, you know, write your own, but, but, but become familiar with the word of God to the extent that you can have something in your heart that you can declare. If you would like one of them, you can log on to our website, www.cotr.com and you can download this uh, Overcomer's Confession. And uh, if you're in the parking lot, you know, even if in your pajamas, you know, you can run in real quick and grab one. There's one at the, at the front door. Uh, 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 hopefully you'll have uh, more than your pajamas on, but I know some of you don't. All right. <laughs> They've told me. We, we, we just jump up and run up there. Listen to it. Uh, some folks don't have internet access, I suppose. Uh, anyway, today we're adding another element to success in life. Now, this presumes that you are already born again, that Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life. We presume that those who wish to be discipled by the word of God already have the standard of Christ in their life. They're already serious about their life with Christ. They're already committed. They're already, you know, um, uh, willing to be obedient to God. They're just wanting to know what God says. And we've taken from that platform and we're taking off that. That's why I'm not telling you that success in life, you know, demands that you be saved. Well, uh, um, success in eternal life does. Success in this life, if you apply these principles, even if you're not born again, these principles will still lead you down the path road of success. They work. The principles of God work, uh, but you would, you would do well to be saved because if you spend all your life climbing a ladder, and realize once you get to the top that it's leaning against the wrong building and everything that you built on planet earth, you can't take any of it with you with the exception of the saved person that is building and laying up treasure in heaven. And so I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that the people that are listening are listening from the platform of having Christ in their life. And that's why I'm not talking about, you know, stop sinning, read your Bible, you know, uh, uh, you know, pray. You know, th these things which are definite foundations to success and eternal life and eternal success. However, 
uh, I'm assuming that you have a level of Christianity that is acceptable to you and God in your present moment and that you are building on that foundation of Christ in your life. We have talked about God unleashing our imagination, how important it is when you see something in your life or God identifies something to you in your life that needs change, how important it is to ask God, Lord, give me the picture that you want because changing from one thing to another doesn't necessarily guarantee success. Do you know when you fail, you do not know how to succeed? All you know is that that produces failure. But there may be another 900 ways that you could fail, okay, and only one way to succeed. Just because people tell me, well, oh, no, I know how to do that because I did it wrong last time. And, uh, you know, well, no, all you know is how to do it wrong. You don't know how to do it right. Because I promise you, there are a lot of ways to do it wrong. In order to know how to do it right, we need to seek God. In all our ways, acknowledge him, the Bible says, and he will direct our paths. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. God has a plan. In fact, if he will unleash to, uh, to uh, our, 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 our imagination and give us his purpose, give us the picture of all our life could be, of all of our marriage could be, of all our finances could be, all that our ministry could be, all that our future could be, all that our job could be, all that our hopes and dreams could imagine. Get God to inspire you. And then we meditate, we ponder, we consider before the Lord and turn it over. And it may take a process of time for God to put his plan together and to give us some ordered steps. You know, it's not enough just to know what God wants. You need to know how he, how, how, how's this going to come to pass? And then you begin to take those opportunities. You begin to pursue. We have a purpose from God. We get a plan from God. We begin to pursue. I'm recapping, I know, but hang with me. It's very important. Some folks listening and watching this morning, or even perhaps here, have not heard all of these things before. I can't imagine those of you here not hearing it before because I say them every one of our services. And then we depend on other elements of success, elements like relationships that God gives us an opportunity to make. And also how we present ourselves, our presentation. Then our character, we begin to build character in our life. This morning before we began this, I, I, I talked to those of you that, that were here about quality decisions, how important it is to make quality decisions. We're not going to cover that in our, in our elements of success, but how important it is to develop character in our lives that we become people like Psalms 15 says. Psalms 15 says, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that walketh uprightly, worketh righteousness, speaks the truth in his heart. He that does not backbite with his tongue nor does evil to his neighbor, he, him in whose, uh, in whose eyes a, a, a vile person is condemned. And then it says, he who swears to his own hurt and does not change. A person who has the capacity to say what they mean and mean what they say and stick to it that they don't lightly change their mind with the soft winds of life that blow and the circumstances that change, we are found steady right where we said we would be. That's a part of us developing our character, that we have integrity and dependability, that, that, that our word means something, and that people can depend on us to be where we said we were going to be, do what we said we were going to do, that we don't tell them this week, you know what I'm going to do this week? I'm doing this. And then they see it three weeks from now, oh, no, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm doing this now. And then, and then, then you know, two weeks later, oh, now I'm doing this. Oh, 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 let me tell you about this. You know, I mean, there are churches and pastors that, that every six months they change the whole theme and the whole pursuit of their church. And, 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 it's, and you know, it, it makes a schizophrenic congregation. It makes a gun-shy congregation. And we don't often put a lot of credibility and faith, and we don't often put a lot of weight on what someone says when they're always changing. We need to develop the character in our life of, of saying what we mean, watching our words, and making quality decisions. Character is important. 
We talked about humility. We talked about endurance, kindness, candidness. We talked about influence. And yesterday we talked about faithfulness. That's where most people lose it, is the period of time between when they put the seed in the ground and harvest comes, are they continuing? In fact, Jesus said, when the Son of Man returns to earth, will he find faith on the earth? That was one of his concerns, is I'm going to be gone a while. Is this going to keep on going on while I'm gone? Are people going to continue? The Bible says, blessed is the man whom, when the Lord returns, he shall find him doing what he left him to do. You know, uh, I may not have had the opportunity to say this yesterday, but let me tell you one of the, one, one of the keys to, to being faithful is this. When you don't know what to do, just do the very last thing God told you to do. And when he comes back around, let him find you doing the last thing he said to do. And if he didn't say quit doing it along the way, then don't quit. Okay, that's just a key to to making yourself follow a faithful line of life. Establish yourself in faithfulness. Do the very last thing that you believed, that you voiced was God until you know it's no longer God. Okay. Today we're going to talk about this element of flexibility, an element of flexibility, how important this is, being flexible. You know, it may not be your way your, and, and in your time all the time, okay? but don't be rigid and don't be resistant to change because change is your friend. And if you won't bend, you will end up breaking. Okay? If you won't bend, you will break. Uh, and and I, I told my children years ago, there, there are only a couple of keys in life in real success. Number one in life, show up. Okay? Number two, do what you're told. Show up, do what you're told. Some days you're told to be in charge. In other situations, you're told somebody else is in charge. Okay? Just show up, do what you're told. Okay? Whoever's in charge of your life, do what they say. If you have an employer, do what you're told. You know? If you have, uh, you know, from, from heaven, direction from heaven, do what you're told. Show up, do what you're told, okay? And it may not be the same thing every time. In one situation, you might be told to be in charge. In another situation, you might be told to, you know, to follow. In another situation, you might be told to sit down. In another situation, you might be asked to speak. In another situation, you might be told to shut up, okay? Don't take it personal. It's just life. Be, be flexible. Be flexible. Because if, like Joseph, if you don't shine in the pit, and you don't shine in the prison, you'll never get a chance to shine in the palace. Okay? You have got to be flexible. And it takes flexibility to be able to, to be handled by God. And he can make you shine in the pit, shine in the prison, shine in the palace. And if you don't shine in the pit and the prison and get a chance to shine in the palace, you may never shine in front of your family members in their eyes. Okay? And that's one of the greatest tests. What does your family think about you? And be flexible enough. That, that God can handle you. Don't destroy your chances by, by just, you know, um, not being flexible, okay? And uh, we have to go with things sometimes even when we don't know why. Even when, once you have answered the question who, and the who is God, or the who is your legitimate authority, then why is immaterial, okay? It might help, but it should not be a determining factor. And if you have to know why before you move, you will appear to be rigid and people will cease to use you, trust you. They, they won't want to hit the ball and drag you to first base. You will become a, 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 a liability to the process. Okay? So 
the word flexibility. The ability to embrace change or transition. <laughs> Don't let the threat of change wound you, make you afraid, or, or disrupt your life. Don't let the threat of transition derail you. In Genesis, the 41st chapter in verse 14, as we're looking at the life of Joseph, this is where Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, the Bible says. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the prison. Listen, sometimes you have to answer in a very quick response to the opportunities that God is bringing. And if you don't hone yourself and shape yourself and be flexible, then sometimes you cannot respond quickly enough. Sometimes you can't respond correctly, quickly enough if you aren't flexible and able to understand that the voice of Pharaoh, the voice of God, the voice of your authority means move now, okay? That's what it means. And sometimes people who have to, who say, no, I'm not going to move until I understand what's going on. Uh, Listen, develop in your life the ability to understand when it's, when it's the important who is speaking, then the why, you know, uh, I wish I had a moment to tell you uh, about a story at one time when I was working on an old car and the spirit of God spoke to me and said, run, just said, run. That's all he said. Run, run, run. There was no pickup. Actually, I had parts of the old pickup, the windows and the roll down stuff in my hands. I was redoing the interior. I threw it up and I took off running because I, I, I heard the voice and recognized the voice of God run. He said, I just took off running. I didn't know why, but I knew who. So I ran. This was, you know, this was like my second year in pastoring a church. And I was just, you know, praying God would teach me his voice. And when I got all the way across, down my uh, driveway, across a four-lane road, and almost up to the front door of a convenience store, the man who was pumping the gas there uh, around the side of the building exploded in, in, in flames. He caught on fire. And I was right there. And I started trying to help him put it out, threw him down. He jumped up and took off running down the side of the highway. I chased him down and, and knocked him down and rolled him and, 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 and helped put him out. And he would have died without that. He would have died. And he, at that time, he was not born again. And he's born again now. Okay? And uh, uh, got born again a little bit later after that. But he would have died. And all it was was a response to one word from God. Run. I knew the who. I just took off running. And if I hadn't, I wouldn't have been there. If I, because it was a long way. God, when he speaks, be flexible enough to move. Even when it requires haste, even when it requires you doing it without a lot of consideration. Pharaoh sent and called Joseph and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon. He shaved himself and changed his raiment and he came to Pharaoh. Wow. You see, he just went with the flow. He was flexible. He could have easily said, well, no, I'm not going in there, or, or why? Well, wait, no, no, I, I, I want to know why. Well, well no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not putting on those clothes. No, I've been in jail, and this is the way they treated me. Well, let, let them see how I really am, you know. Uh, no. When told to bathe and put on new clothes, he just simply went with the flow. You see, God was giving Joseph his chance to make another relationship, his chance to make his best presentation. He was giving him a chance to show his humility and to get rid of his pride. Life should be a script that only God can write. We do not need to go around making demands on those who really have a right to demand from us. Making demands, setting up barriers, drawing lines. I'm not going to cross there. Well, I have decided. You ever hear somebody say this? Well, I told God that I'm not going to do that anymore. Well, who are you to tell God anything? What did God say about it? Okay. 
Well, I told God that I wasn't going back until he said this, or I wasn't going to go back to that job that he said, well, hold on a second. Who are you again? And what makes you think you rise to the place of making demands on God, drawing lines of, of uh, you know, that's, that's just not the right approach. Inflexible. You see, it's the oil in that old wineskin. The Bible says if you, if, if you have an old wineskin, put new wine in it. Don't do that. It'll cause the skin to burst, and the wine also will be lost. Okay? Well, what do you do then with old wineskins? Throw them away? No. You rub oil on them, and you rub oil on them, and you make them flexible. It's the oil of the Holy Spirit on your life that will make you flexible to contain the new things, the change, the transition, a new word from God. If Abraham had not have been willing to hear a new word from God, he would have killed his son because the first word from God says, kill the kid. And then three days later, God says, don't kill the kid. Abraham could have said, no, well, hold on a second. Wait a minute. Now, hold on. Explain this to me. It was you, boy, your, your voice. Kill him. Don't kill him. Kill him. Don't kill him. What's wrong with you, God? Well, nothing's wrong with God. God has a plan. And we need to be flexible enough to go and ready for a fresh word and not be threatened by change or something that God speaks to us different. And we need to quickly obey or else down goes the knife. Okay? Be flexible. Let the Holy Spirit be the oil on your wineskin containing that new wine. You ready? Let's make our overcomers confession together. Through Jesus, my Lord, I am more than a conqueror. I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. My spiritual eyes are being opened so that I can understand my calling, the wealth of my inheritance, and the kingdom power available to me. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. No unclean or impure thought can captivate my mind. No sickness or disease has a right to my body. No unholy spirits can seduce or deceive me. The word of God is my meditation and my answer. I commit myself to God. He causes my thoughts to become agreeable with his thoughts. Because of this, everything I put my hand to will prosper. God has a plan for my life. He will succeed, and I am going to participate. What can you do about your day? Let me tell you. Be ready for change and transition. We live in a world of change, and the kingdom of God is a kingdom of change. That's what made Joseph unrecognizable to his brothers, but he recognized them because they never changed. If you had not seen your family and friends for the last 30 years, would they recognize you? Would you still be the same old you you were then? How about them? Change. Change. Making us more valuable. Be flexible. Jeremiah 18 says this in verse 6. Look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. The way you shine in the pit, the way you shine in the palace, the way you shine in the prison, And in front of your family is by letting God shine through you. Be flexible and let God shine. God bless you.